Are we doing it? Okay. I think we're good now. Sweet. All right, you ready? Yes, I am. Okay. Welcome back to Don't Have to Drive. This is your host, Veronica Tyler Christie, otherwise sometimes B. And I am excited to have the chance to interview uh, probably one of my favorite producers in the Arizona area, G1 to the Rescue. You need to stop that. How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> You're just like, every time I hear you on your own podcast, uh, which you are with the uh, Matt Mania podcast, the uh, uh, a podcast about wrestling, hip-hop, and everything in between, you're, indeed, you're basically kind of like you their most say. recent. Yeah, right? <laughs> you're, you're their most recent uh, addition, but you're such a good addition because you now you're kind of giving a little bit more life to the podcast itself. So uh, just by having you in that uh, group of guys uh, again like you just already showed me that like you're just super good at what you do um, so you. I'm really glad to have the opportunity to talk to you so tell me about yourself uh, sure I mean you know I'm originally from Chicago Illinois born and raised um, I moved here to Phoenix off and on I've uh, been here off and on since I was probably about 20 so about 07 I'll be 33 this July and uh, Phoenix has treated me really good over the years. I've I've had a lot of my adult life experiences right here uh, in in Phoenix, like from first apartment, living, girlfriend, all that shit. All first happened here, right here. So, um, you know, I've, Phoenix has definitely shown me a lot of love. But I'm always be a six zero six one seven boy, Eastside crazy, as we like to say at home. Uh, I'm a producer. I'm a songwriter. I sing, I rap, I've been doing all that since somewhere between 7 and 13 years old. Um, you know, things have uh, finally been looking up more so uh, on the production side. I'm a little bit more in demand in this area than I would have ever expected to be. And it's really been a blessing overall. Yeah, indeed. And it really shows. Um, actually, what was really cool is that we, both of us, we were kind of together doing a project, uh, but it wasn't your project or my project. It was uh, for Mega Rand, uh Emerald Night 2. Oh, what, wait, what did you do on Emerald Night 2? Yeah, I I provided the sample for, uh, if I could, you know, the song, the track was no, just swinging in the background. No fucking way. Really? I didn't know that until now. Yeah, the, that With mean. the kids and everything, you coordinated all that? <laughs> Oh, that's yeah. dope. Oh, wow. Okay. Cool. Yeah. No, it was really cool. I was really happy to be a part of that. Like, I was, um, I did a music program for a while, um, back, like, maybe almost three years ago, and I ran just said, hey, do you know anybody with a kid's choir? And I was like, that's me. <laughs> so, and that was actually one of the first times I heard about you, um, because Again, you helped produce part of, like I think most of that album, correct? I did. I, I did four records and, and uh, guest starred on two. Uh, I did rappers and they feelings, and that was actually the first time me ran and Felix ever was uh, was rappers and they feelings. Uh, so rappers and they feelings, I have uh, I have I sung the hook and I'm rapping the second verse on that, as well as I produced the joint. Um, I also uh, produced and am featured on the hook to Heat Stroke, which we were on the short list for uh, Grammy nomination for Best Rap Song Collaboration. So we almost got that nod, but we didn't get enough votes. Uh, but big song for us. I also did Unbelievable, uh, which eventually got placed in an episode of uh, Ball in the Family, which is uh, Lonzo Ball's family reality show on Facebook Watch. So Unbelievable. And then I also did uh, Love It Here at the end of the album. Yeah, no, it was such a good album in contrast to their first one. Um, and you have a great singing voice, by the way. Oh, man, thank you. Thank you. That, that means a lot. That's the one thing I've been doing since seven. <laughs> so, yeah. 
Oh, tell me how you said you're not from Arizona. You're telling me that you're from Chicago. Um, what was so? If you started music so young, where did it all start for you? Uh, honestly, just just growing up, you know, in in home, you know, music was all around me. Uh, back in the day, way before I even was was accidentally conceived and and brought here to this crazy ass world, uh, my. <laughs> My mother and my uncles, they all had like a little band and had an opportunity to do some major things. Unfortunately, my my grandfather, who's uh, no longer with us, he was a he's a uh, he was a not a Cook County. That's my stepfather. Uh, he was a Chicago police lieutenant. I'm sorry. And uh, he was very overprotective of my mother and my uncle so the one major opportunity they did have they did not they weren't able to really take hold of it otherwise i probably would have either wouldn't been here or would have grown up a lot differently but um long story short just you know music's everywhere you know it's, it's on the block when the when the guys is coming past with the with the speakers in the in the cutlass supreme or the or the chevy caprice uh, you know, I, I grew up in a neighborhood that that has that had a lot of uh, a lot of Mexican influence in there. So, um, you know, they would come past with the with the mariachi and uh, bandito music or whatever you call that with the big tubas and shit sounding like 808. You know, oh, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, you know. So I, I used to hear a lot of that, and then um, I'm the youngest of uh, three. Well, I'm the youngest of three boys. My brothers. Both had birthdays. Uh, my oldest brother, Damien, just turned 45 on the 16th. And then my, my brother, Ronnie, just turned uh, 42 on the 13th. So uh, those guys definitely had a hand in, in my musical upbringing because when I was in the car with them, I could be hearing anything from Jay-Z to Too Short to any one of our Chicago legends, you know, Twister, the Legit Ballers. Psychodrama, Johnny P, Do or Die, Crucial Conflict, you know, mm-hmm. any, any, you know, the Brad, of course, like anybody. And then, um, you know, when I was in the car with my mother and my stepfather, it was a lot of old school. And then when I was in the house, it was, you know, Soul Train was on Saturdays after Five Kids Network went off. And, and uh, you know, I would be on music videos all day. So whatever that was, the contemporary stuff that was out, I used to catch all that. So music was just everywhere, long story short, just everywhere. And you just couldn't avoid it. Yeah, music's everywhere. It, you know, I think that's the beauty of it when you're young and you're just absorbing all of these influences, and you don't just get the influences that are, you know, within like your friend group, but you're also picking up whatever your parents are giving you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I, it's crazy how how us as people we just pick it up and we get so inspired and we somehow just, you know, regurgitate it and make it something that's our own. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's the beauty of it. And that's why I love doing music till this day. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, my mom was always into like Shaka Khan and Janet Jackson and, yes. you know, just all like sexified, sexified mm-hmm. ladies. And then my dad was always into like Stevie Wonder and Marvin Gaye and, Mm-hmm. those guys and then when I was growing up my friends really liked all of the, like old school hip hop like you know a tribe called Quest or yes yes tribe. a lot of tribe yeah. a lot of a lot of uh, another Chicago legend I forgot to mention uh, Common Sense of course who everybody now knows is Common I knew him as Common Sense uh, definitely a big fan from a, a very young age before I, under- before I even really understood everything that he was he was talking about I just loved his whole vibe from from being a kid and another little thing of music that i kind of came up on and you'll be surprised to know that i'm i I was a big uh big alternative rock dude as a kid um fox kids used to have like a radio block on sunday mornings between like six and ten on a rock station at home uh called 101.9 mix and uh, right after the Five Kids shit went off, they would play like Power Rangers theme songs and other little cartoon songs and shit. And right after that went off, they would go right back into their regular programming. So there was where I got my Nirvana, Hootie and the Blowfish, and, uh, you know, all this other shit that was out at the time. And not to mention, I mean, MTV, you know, so music videos was on. I would just watch whatever was there, you know what I'm saying? And 
So I, I, I love, uh, I, I got a big love for rock uh, as well. That's dope. That's super dope. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you just keep the varieties open, right? Hell yeah. Yeah. My uncle was an ACDC fan himself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Highway to hell. Absolutely. Yeah, Back in Black. Back in mm-hmm. Black is like one of his favorite albums. Everybody's favorite ACDC album. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's awesome. Speaking of a name, uh, how did you get your name? Uh, you go you kind of straddle between G1 or G1 to the rescue. Um, origin became. Yeah, so um credit so I'm credited as, uh, officially as G1 to the rescue now, which that was like an evolutionary thing. Uh for those of you listening that's wondering, I don't have a G anywhere in my name. My government name is Brennan Faulkner. Uh G1 came after a, a long Diddy-like evolution of of nicknames. Uh, when I first made the decision at like 17 or 18 that I wanted to do music full-time, uh, I went by B-Love. Uh, B-Love eventually grew into B-Love the Gift. And uh, after a while, I dropped the whole B-Love shit because I started rapping with uh, with a group uh, called ESA, Eastside Affiliates. That's myself, my uh my 42-year-old brother, Ryan Mack, and a bunch of our guys, mm-hmm. we had a rotating Wu-Tangish-type conglomerate. So once I really joined the group on some rap shit, then I didn't, I didn't want to be beloved no more. I felt that was kind of Oh, was it 200? Corny. <laughs> 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 yeah, so, so I was going, so I, I, I went from uh, the gift to gifted one, and that's where G1 came from. I, I was gifted one for a while, and I like doing shit with meaning. So gifted had like a, a um, uh, what am I trying to say? An acronym. It was going full tilt daily, GFTD one, going full tilt daily on everything, O and E. So, and when I would be around my friends, uh, I got I got two longtime friends here. My boy uh, Thurston Smith, aka Smitty. Shout out to Smitty, and my boy Darius Love, aka Fresh. Um, both of them guys, when I would be around them, by the time, you know, I told them what my new name was, they're like, look, you just going to be G1. We ain't going to be calling no grown man gifted. Like, you just going to be G1 when you're around us. <laughs> so, you know, so so just eventually G1, G1 called on because every time I was around, they kept calling me that. And I wanted something that felt pure when I was changing my social media name. I'm like, well, I can't just be G1 on Instagram or Twitter because it's probably 90 million people named G1. So I need something dope, you know what I'm saying, that reminds me of me. And uh, one of the later, you you probably already know I'm a big Power Rangers fan. And for those of you listening, I'm a huge Power Rangers fan. One of the uh, later series, uh, Power Rangers SPD, and that theme song was Power Rangers SPD, Power Rangers to the Rescue. I'm like, oh, shit, okay. Then my Instagram name became G1 to the Rescue. And it was just something that caught on. And when I was first meeting uh, some of the people out here with respect to underground, like Felix and Justice and a lot of the artists who I work with out here, uh, everybody was referring to me as my Instagram name. And then if you notice on Emerald Nights 2, I'm credited as G1 for the rescue. And that wasn't something I told anybody to do. That was just something that they did. And then it just people just always referred to me as the whole thing. And in this weird era of long ass names, I was just like, eh, well, I guess it's not bad. G went to the rescue as a as a ring to it. I guess I just I keep it on paper. You know, people that know me as G one is G one. People that know me as G one to the rescue, that's that's what I am on paper. So it is what it is. So like I told you it was a long it was a long puff daddy type situation that, that led to G one to the rescue, but I've probably been that for a little bit less than ten years now and that's not going anywhere no time <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, no, that's that is a. Usually, when pe- when I ask anybody about their name, they're just like shit. Like I don't know, but you gave me like a full breakdown. Like well, you gave me was. It's, it's the whole story. I just <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, like I I know people were like, oh, I went with this name, and I thought that was black, and then I just went with this name. But you're like, no, there's a whole evolution with this. Mm-hmm. So that's dope. Mm-hmm. Um, so I haven't had a chance to listen to any of any like this is gonna sound weird, but like any like solo projects 
so do you have any solo projects that are like worth consideration for us to like look into or do you have any like favorite favorite uh producing projects that you want to kind of talk about uh yes absolutely so i I don't have any full solo projects yet. I'm actually in the process of working on uh, two. One of them is my big project, which is which um, is now called the uh, the Quinn Mallory album, uh, and this is my compilation project, which is basically um, just various artists, all new records, all produced by me. And you know, I may feature on a few, but really, it's just going to be the focus on just dope artists on my tracks with maybe, you know, me assisting and writing some of the songs. I got a bunch of ideas that I've already presented to a few artists and they're on board. And we, I got about maybe four or five songs for the project recorded already. Um, so definitely hard at work at that. I plan on releasing that sometime before the summer. Uh, also because people keep asking me to do it. I am going to do like a little, right before I drop that, I'm going to do like a little five song, uh, solo EP called Candor, uh, which is basically just R&B, because uh, a couple of people asked me to do like a full R&B project. People know I can rap, because as much as people know I can sing, but people, the, the people that know me for, for rapping and making beats are surprised when they hear me sing. So, you know, shout out to my boy Penny the Great out here. He's like, yeah, you should make an R&B album. And oh, my brother. <laughs> Uh, don't uh, I got I, I got I one <laughs> I, I I got I got one that I already recorded that I, that I'll be releasing soon called Harsh Reality. It was something that I recorded um, last year while I was visiting Chicago with my family. So um, that that'll be coming soon. But I also I do have a solo rap record that is out on all major streaming platforms. So for those of you listening, uh, it's called Evil Eye uh, in parentheses. Won't hurt me. Uh, featuring DJ John Blaze. Shout out to John Blaze, heavy duty DJs here in Phoenix. Um, yeah, that's my that's my solo single. Uh, very very Kanye ish. It's really just like a, a dope sample, some dope drums, and and me just with the bars. Uh, just uh, just a, a fun song. I really wanted to do about uh, deflecting negative energy from haters, which I talk about a lot. <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> You know, and then as far as things that I've produced, um, as you as you know, um, uh, my my one of my good 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 friends out here, who's actually at the Grammys right now with his cousin Brian, uh, my boy Bag of Tricks Cat, uh, aka Felix, uh, a you know engineer at HKS Studios out here, and also you know one of the premier rappers for the Arizona hip hop scene. Uh, I produced his entire uh, most recent solo album, which is called uh, Felix. Chevrolet, but Chevrolet spelled with an S instead of a C. Uh, I, that oh, was my, you know what's that funny? Was, Sorry, uh-huh. not to, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I heard about the story about him sitting on top of the, the dealership. Oh, yeah. So, it was, so, I'll, so I'll, I'll go quickly into that. Uh, it was a piece of artwork that, uh, that one of our good buddies, um, uh, I think his name is Daniel Hill, shout out to him. Uh, he did the artwork uh, for his project and everything. Uh, he was actually went, he was at the Grammys this time last year. And while he was out there, he brought the project to the attention of the people at the actual Felix Chevrolet dealership. And everybody seemed like they were on board. He let them listen to some of the songs we talked to him. Everybody seemed like they were just on board doing their thing. Once the project came out and we started collecting a little bit of the clout and, and, and they realized that this wasn't just some like, garage band type shit going on and this was an official album with solid production and solid bars and that people were starting to fuck with it like we were getting like retweets and repost instagram every day about how dope the album was sure enough he gets to cease and desist from the felix chevrolet dealership you know from per them supposedly nbc wanted him to seesaw which we ain't got no real proof for that but yeah just a bunch of just a bunch of bullshit and a really petty turnaround so you know, they was going to try to make us take down the album, but Felix was like, you know what? Fuck that. I'll just blow out the album art and change, slightly change the name of the album. Now you can't say shit. There. Yeah. <laughs> so. No, that's just, that was wild. I was mm-hmm. reading that. I went, oh my God. Because I, mm-hmm. I can see that whole situation being like, hey man, is this cool? Yeah, it's cool. And then once it starts getting a little bit of tension, it's like, no, 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 no. I, I underestimated y'all. 
Right. That, that's really what it came from. And all honesty, it was just a bunch of underestimation. You didn't think that an act from Phoenix, Arizona, which doesn't have like the biggest hip hop market, but has one nonetheless, you didn't think that we could come out with some substantial shit that people around the country and even we got, we got fans in other countries as well that like thoroughly fuck with it. And, uh, and yeah, when they found that out, it's like, Oh yeah. Just in case they become millionaires off this, let's try to get some money out of them. Right? Uh, <laughs> you know, and, and, and what made it worse is that, uh, there, there was, um, there was some lady that reached out to Felix trying to sell him a fucking car. And she like tried to, she like roasted him or some shit. Some lady that works for the dealership fucking, tried to roast the guy and it's like you unprofessional bitch like don't you know it's just it, it was just a lot with that i'm just so happy like because and and, and I, I tell people this the plan was for felix chevrolet to be a series we we're gonna do a, that was supposed to be felix chevrolet part one it's eight songs total uh again entirely produced by me uh go check that out on all your major streaming services um, and we were supposed to do a, a, a part two and a part three, but you know, with that, you know, now Felix Chevrolet, what was what was originally Felix Chevrolet part two is going to be something else. No official title for it yet. Uh, his studio is actually going through a, a, a remodel right now. Uh, so once they get through doing all that and, and getting their business back up, then I think we're going to go back in um, just towards the end of the spring, start locking in and, and getting the next project done, whatever it may be. Um, but I but I I talk about this album so much just to say that for this to be the first album that I produced entirely it was it was probably one of my favorite bodies of work out of any piece of music that I listened to I took myself out of the producer seat and I just listened to it for what it is like if I didn't produce all of these songs and if I didn't know the person who was rapping would I listen to this I tell you what I listen to this album every week. Straight up, and that album came out last April, so it's, it's still a favorite project of mine. Still in heavy rotation on my Apple Music, so um, you know, much love to Bag of Tricks Cat and the whole HKS family and the whole Respect the Underground family for you know welcoming me with open arms and and allowing me and wanting me and requesting me to to do this project. And and you know, I, it's, it's you know just like just like anybody in love, it just you know it feels good to be wanted. You know what I'm saying? So. It's, yeah. it's like that. Yeah, man. But, um, I, you know, yeah. I, I will say, uh, for, for any of your fans listening, I will share links with, uh, your gracious host here, uh, which will have links to a playlist that I call G one and friends, which is basically, uh, every, yeah, every commercially available piece of music that I've ever produced is all in this playlist. And I made a playlist on all three streaming services. So for those of you with, Spotify for those of you with title and for those of you with Apple Music, don't worry, I got you covered. I'll share all three links with her uh, so she can post it up when she posts the episode. Wow, thank you so much. Of course, I appreciate of course. It. Yes, you know, no, a lot, a lot of records. Shit. I am excited. <laughs> a lot, a, a lot of records. Of course, you know me and Mega Ran. Obviously, that's my that's one of my big bros out here. Me and him have a great relationship. When we do shit, it it really like. Any any little thing, me and him have never done an entire project together, and it seemed like our shit catch all the clout. We didn't play some music for a couple of wrestlers, a, re- a couple of wrestling events, and, you know, different things like that. We got a video game placement coming later on this year that I can't talk about right now, and uh, you know, so we, you know, when me and Rand do shit, it's always crazy. So. You know, much love to Mega Ran. Him and Teeth are actually in Houston at the Royal Rumble as we speak. So uh, much love to both them individuals. And me and Teeth got music coming also. We're working on a project called Midwest Machine Guns. Uh, oh, me on all beats. We're going we gonna to go back to back on bars like some Griselda shit. You know, really have fun with it. So uh, definitely look forward to that as well in 2020. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, usually, I'm not going to lie, Ran just pops albums out like, like babies dude there's always yeah. like a new one out <laughs> but um yeah but other than that like i've heard like most of the most of the tracks that you like you know help with or produced with and, and it's always been like good so i'm always happy to hear that you guys keep it super close knit down down there in arizona um it really shows how strong um it really shows how strong your guys' relationships are and, Man. A community and making what what seems something that is so small like much bigger 
Absolutely. I really appreciate that. And I think that's what a lot of regions need to kind of emulate. Like another region that does a great job with that is Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. Um, but Arizona is definitely making its way. Like the Arizona Hip Hop Festival caught my attention a couple of times. And I've always wanted to go down there and check it out just because of like the presence that you guys give. Um, you got to get down here. Get, get down here this year for the seventh annual, please. Yeah, no, I'm... I, it's gonna happen. I need to make it work. <laughs> yeah, you got look. You got until November. You got plenty of time to make it happen. Let's go. Why? Oh, and, November, and, thank and, God. It's supposed to be so scorching down there. <laughs> yeah, it's always it's, it's always in the fall. It's usually every November. So yeah, bring your ass and uh and bring your your tuba because you know I may I may need you for something. You never know. So, <laughs> <laughs> no. Word, word, word. I, I, I love to get you in the lab. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, we can have some fun with it. I'm down. I'm oh, yeah. down. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So let's talk about, so, you know, every rapper got their thing that they, they love, like, getting into. So, for example, um, Rand has a video game. Rocky Tyrate has Dragon Ball Z. Mm-hmm. You, my friend, has Power Rangers. So I do. I do. Why, why are you so diehard for, for uh, Power Rangers? Because I love Power Rangers. I grew up watching that. And my favorite Power Ranger was always the yellow one. It was always Aisha. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So tell me, tell me your, uh, your diehard for it. Why, why do you much, love Power Rangers? Much love, much love for you to show love to, to Karen Ashley's character, to Aisha. People don't, be putting, people don't put respect on Aisha's name, man. They be, be tweaking on Aisha. I love Aisha. Uh, her, I'm not gonna lie, being like a little light skinned girl watching Power Rangers, and I see another black girl being a Power Ranger. That like, yeah, my heart, dude. A- absolutely, much love. You know, and, and much love to the to the original original uh, Tweet Train, who as of 2001 is no longer with us. God rest her soul. She was the the person that set the tone. But yeah, man, love love Aisha and love uh, love Tanya, who was uh, another black woman who you know was next gen Yellow Ranger after her, Nakia Barice. Speaking of which, uh, you'll be you'll be happy to know that uh, both Nakia Barice, who played Tanya, and Catherine Sutherland, who played Catherine, who took over for Kimberly, uh, mm-hmm. she uh, they both have a YouTube channel. I, I want to say it's Power Rangers Rewind, where they they sit up and watch like an old episode of the show. And they talk about like you know filming moments and different things like that, and they laugh about shit. Uh, it's 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 pretty dope. So you know, much love to them for doing that. But anyway, to answer your question, because I could go all day, um, <laughs> Power Rangers for me um, has always been one of those things that resonates with everything that I like. I'm a fan of like big Japanese robot shit. I love like you know costumes and armor and weapons and martial arts and laser guns and you know fighting fucking kaiju and monsters and shit like that so that's one of the reasons i never stopped watching it because this is all shit that i enjoyed when the show came out and at again you know almost 33 this is all shit that i still enjoy now that's majority of the type of shit i watch now so being able to still get all that one place 26 years later is uh (laughs) is pretty fucking and dope and uh you know just all the different stories and everything like that. I, I think what kept me watching it is um just what what it is. You know, it's a it's a forty something year old Japanese show that they just film like American scenes and do American overdubs for and some of these outlandish ideas that the Japanese people come up with is, is just crazy. But it keeps you it, it keeps me entertained and I don't I don't try to like overthink too much. Like we, you know, we adults think we didn't grown out of everything and we too much of everything. Yet I'm one fourth of a wrestling podcast, which clearly is a is a uh basically like certain the Soleil but painful but so um <laughs> you know, so when it comes to Power Rangers it's like shit, same thing really. Uh just, you know, costume, you know, even crazier costumes and explosions and special effects and shit. So um you know, it's, it's, like I said, it just encompasses every, everything that I enjoy. I really like the the morphing aspect of a, of a regular person, you know, activating a device on his or her wrist and, and becoming a whole fucking 
superhero. I, I don't know why I dig that so much, but I just do, <laughs> you know? So that's what really kept me into it. Yeah, yeah, no, like, we can't leave touch of things that inspire us or give us joy, right? And I was actually having a conversation with someone about this. Like, there's there's something different with encompassing, like, a childlike joy for something, and then mm-hmm. then being an adult, you lose that, you know? And so I think that's with a lot of us. Like, you said, you what, how old were you? You said you're 33? Uh, well, I'll be 33 in July. I'm 32. Yeah. So you're mm-hmm. technically like a millennial, which is like basically we're still kind of like holding on to a lot of nostalgia because we still have access to it. And yeah. we still think about these things because of the fact that we still have access. We're able to make our own, like, you know, our own apparel or merchandise yeah. or whatever with it because we have the resources to do so. Yeah. Um, but we also realize, like, being, like, more an adult and that we're taking on these responsibilities that we don't want to take a traditional approach to responsibilities mm-hmm. and work. We want to still be able to find, like, some type of token to keep us feeling like we're still interesting or we're still um we still find joy in the things that we are that we've always found joy in. So, like, yeah, sure. Like, I still watch anime and I go to all these anime conventions. And some people might say that's like childish, but in the end, it's like if I'm having a good time and I'm feeling good, like it really doesn't matter. And so, what yeah. really makes me happy is people are doing like nerdcore or exactly. implementing all these like like things like all these uh, samples of like old video games or old shows or old movies into their songs it shows that these are things that gave us joy at one point of our lives and we held on to that because sometimes like other situations whether you know some people have hard family lives or some people have hard work lives where like those things those other elements in our lives can't replace even the most like they can't replace uh, like the shows or the cartoons or anything like that, because that gives us a different sense of pleasure, you know? Yeah. It's like, so, who, who told people that once they got a certain age or I always, always hear the excuse of, Oh, once I learned about women and vagina and shit, Oh, <laughs> cartoons took a back seat. And, like, nigga, what the fuck? So you, I mean, your girl can't live with you when you underage. So what you doing when you by yourself, just, fantasizing that's a little weird i mean you know i had a girlfriend when i was in high school and i seen my girlfriend when i seen my girlfriend when i was at home and i was playing video games watching wrestling power rangers what you mean like that's just what that's just what it is like nobody ever told us that oh we just had to automatically stop enjoying these things because they're a certain age everything that's that's out is is, is made for for kids two to 92 as i like to say and i mean if you think about it there's adult collectibles for things that should have been considered kid items like Betty Boop. And, you know, when I was younger, they used to have Bob Mackie edition Barbies. My mother used to collect those. See, I'm, I, you know, I guess I'm a millennial, but I always like to say I'm at the tail end of a, of, of a previous generation that wasn't as weird as half of this new generation. So you know, because I got older brothers, and, and that's just keeping it all the way 100. People can feel a certain way about it, whatever. I don't care. I feel like a lot of this new generation is just weird as hell because I, you know, I had older brothers, and I was, you know, I was a latchkey kid. So somewhere in between TV, my brothers, and me always being around their friends and being on the block with the older guys and seeing what it really was, I don't, you know, I may be a millennial by nature, but I don't move like a lot of millennials move. And, 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 you know, it's, it's not everybody, but just for some shit, it's just a little embarrassing. And, and a lot of folks just put themselves in, like, really fucked up situations that they don't have to be in because you have more tools. Most millennials have more tools at their disposal today than we ever had back in the day, like, in terms of just making better decisions and being smarter about things. I have a teenage daughter, so I tell her this all the time. I'm like, damn, like, yo, y'all just the generation that just lacks common sense because you got all the, the information at your fingertips, everybody walking around with a little computer in your pocket, but y'all forget the basics. <laughs> we didn't have this shit. We had to know everything <laughs> without, you know what I'm saying? My first cell phone well, was that's, the... That's the was, beauty of our generation, right? It's yeah. the fact that we were able, we were able to still have 
we're we're still able to do a lot of things on our own and find out things on our own and try to withhold yeah, information. you know but like I, but, I don't, but now there's yeah. a there is a computer in our pocket in all of our pockets now and sometimes mm-hmm. if we need to fact check something we can immediately fact check something we don't really Absolutely. have to like retain information anymore and yeah like you said you're you're kind of straddling that line where you're like you're kind of like there's a millennial and Jen, mm-hmm. I believe it's Jen X, like you're kind yeah. of like in the middle of that, but like. Right at the tip. Sorry, go ahead. I know, I said like, like right at the tip, like I just barely stepped out of the, the, the Gen Y uh, generation, barely stepped out of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's crazy. It's, it's all crazy because like of how much stuff like it has like transformed and literally from like 1991 till now. Yeah. Um, oh man. It's it's insane. Like we we were we're a generation where we used to see shitty graphics. <laughs> and, and we thought that was like super innovative and super cool and now if we see shitty graphics we're spoiled now we're like oh that was whack we were just <laughs> we were just having a conversation because on our podcast i put over um one of my favorite series that was cg animated uh which is uh beast wars transformers and i was talking about just how well written uh and well acted that the cartoon was and the fact that this was transformers but with like prehistoric animals and shit so it was just even doper but yeah the, the animation it was the same animation group that did a, a old show i'm pretty sure you're familiar with called reboot who did uh beast wars yeah. uh mainframe entertainment out of canada so it you know if you if you look at it now in 2020 the animation wasn't all that great but you stay glued to it because the fucking story was dope you know, not to mention I had all the toys, so you know I did <laughs> every Sunday, basically. Yeah, Beast Wars and Beast Wars and Beast Machines. People slept on the spinoff because the spinoff had a little bit more of a comic bookish look to it, and this was a much deeper story than what Beast Wars was. This, you know, once they got back to Cybertron, fucking Megatron was like Neo in the Matrix, and all you got is four Maximals. And they got to go against the whole fucking planet. And, you know, Optimus then linked up with the with the Oracle, the god of the Cybertron planet, and then figured out how to reformat the world and shit. And this is like, yo, this shit is dope. Like, I just watched the whole series again. I just watched the whole shit. And I'm like, man, I didn't realize how deep this was. <laughs> shit is great. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it was really good. I remember watching it at, like, at seven thirty, eight o'clock, right before I had to go to school, uh, it used to be, it used to be part of that morning that morning uh, segment of I can't remember if it was like Cartoon Network or another channel, but it was like part of that morning segment. And same thing with Void, like it was always part of the morning segment before I would go off to school. For for me, it was um it was Sundays Sunday mornings on UPN. And even though I grew up in the church, while we were trying to find a new one, me and my family, there was like a few years stint where I didn't go to church on Sunday. So they would have cartoons on Sunday mornings and they would lit UPN had like a whole block and beast wars was part of that block. Uh, and, and so it went from that and then Fox kids picked it up and then they, uh, they put the rest of it on Fox kids. And then that's also where beast machines transformers debuted on Fox kids. So I kept watching it from there. Yeah. Oh, that's mm-hmm. awesome. Um, all right. Well, do you have a good friend? Some shows that are coming up that you would like to to uh, tell the listeners. Uh, no, no shows coming up as of yet. Um, I did actually just do a. Uh, I had. I was part of an impromptu performance at the uh, the Respect the Underground eight year uh, anniversary show out here at the press room. Uh, there's a gentleman that I'm working with right now by the name of Cadillac Roan, who's an affiliate of Respect the Underground. I'm producing his entire album, uh, literally called I Ain't Tight, the album, <laughs> which is like a, uh, which is like an inside joke between me, him, and Felix, because him and Felix came up together, and, and like the ultimate compliment you can get from one of them guys is like, you ain't tight. Like they'll, got, <laughs> like, like they'll, they'll hear, they'll hear a beat for me, and I know I did something right where it's like, you ain't tight, G one. Like that's the, that's the thing. But anyway, uh, I Ain't Tight, the album coming out soon. Um, he was performing all the songs that we've recorded so far. 
on the other stage. So he was like, yo, hey, you here. You want to hop up on? We, we're doing all your shit. Ooh. So I hop on stage, you know. I am typically try to be a fan of everything that I produce. So, I, you know, I knew all the words and everything like that. So I'm up there ad-libbing, having fun with them. But um, no solo performances uh, as of yet right now. It's just about pushing uh, music. I got a, at least three or four different projects that I'm working on right now. It's um, my two projects that I spoke of earlier, uh, the Quinn Mallory album and Candor. Also, um, me and Teak with Midwest Machine Guns, uh, still work, still finishing up Cadillac Rones, I Ain't Tight the Album. Uh, I'm working with a, a guy out in Minnesota by the name of uh, Malachi, uh, King Kai, um, me and him working on some stuff. So I, it's a lot of lot of music. Uh, and then me and my me and my old group getting back together. Me and ESA Eastside Affiliates. Me, and my brother, and our guys, we're getting back together. And uh, you know, we got about three or four songs already done for a project uh, that I'm titling Lion Share. So yeah, it's, it's definitely um, it's a lot of work. So once we get the work out, then we'll see who wants to have me on the stage because I have no problem performing. The size of the crowd really doesn't matter to me. I don't get stage fighter or anything like that. Um, and, you know, so I look forward to more shows, but there's going to be a lot of music from me coming out this year. So just, just be ready. A lot of productions, uh, a couple of things on the solo side, but a lot of productions. I'm trying to, I'm trying to Neptune Timberland this whole market real quick. So. Right. Right. Yeah. No, you're, you're the back end guy, but you're the most effective back end guy. Thank like, you. I'm excited for you, dude. Um, so other than that, like, again, like people, aside from like, you know, being on back end of projects and like with your projects coming up soon, like Candor, um, people can also find you on the Matt Mania podcast. So do you want yes. to talk about that a little bit before we get into some closing notes? Yes, absolutely. Um, Matt Mania podcast as, uh, as Veronica says every week, uh, due to a, a intro that me and her cooked up, the Southwest Authority and wrestling, hip hop, and everything in between. I am a producer on the show, so all the, the sound effects and everything like that, the levels, everything. That's all me, um, along with being a panelist as well. Um, you know, I, I like to think that I, I, you know, I shed some light on the subjects of of quite a few things. Uh, especially when it comes to like, cause I, I like NXT and I like AEW. So I, you know, I watch a lot of that and, and, uh, you know, I like having the stats and everything like that. And, um, and then, uh, music, music is, a, is also a big part of our show. So usually when we have putovers that are music related, you know, I like to already have that stuff handy and I'm, uh, you know, people already know I'm a big Jay-Z fan. Uh, I, I, I swear by the Neptunes, I swear by Timberland. So anything that they produce or anything they're a part of, you always going to hear from me first. So, um, you know, we are just a group. Uh, we're, we're two black guys and, and, and two, uh, <laughs> two Hispanic guys. Uh, also, <laughs> Meg, Meg, yeah, literally, you know, it's, it's just like that. It's, uh, and then of course, uh, Mega Rand is who we like to call our lead, our lead booker, our lead curator. He's not on the show anymore, but he uh, he's definitely part of the show. But for the most part, it's myself, T. Call, Rock Knowledge, and Neo X. We're the core of Matt Mania Podcast, and you can hear us every single week on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I apologize. Sometimes we go a little long, but that's what happens when you get four brothers together and weed and beer and wrestling <laughs> and nourish it. So sorry if we have long shows sometimes, but, you know, that's just us. Yeah, and two further promo, and I'm not breaking any rules. I actually do promote other podcasts on my podcast. Because oh, no, for sure. As, yeah, that's my thing. Like, I'm a big fan of everybody, and I appreciate everybody's, everybody's art and uh, content flow. Um, they do a fantastic job, guys, with like giving you all the insights of what's going on, not only between uh, SmackDown and Raw, but they also talk about AEW, uh, New Japan Wrestling. They'll talk about any indie shows. They really go all up in it uh, in regards to just getting the most, I would say, commentary on the content that is always brought out, and they're always up to date. So, like, you're not going to hear any, like, some weird stories about, like, what happened back in 1990. Like, you're going to hear what goes on week to week, and they're – their full honest opinions on what goes on and what should happen. And it's pretty, 
It's pretty spot on. So I highly recommend this podcast. I listen to this podcast all the time just because of the fact that like I have an appreciation for wrestling, but I don't regularly watch it. But I still feel like I'm still watching wrestling on the regular because of the insights that these guys give me. One of my best friends told me that recently. He like, man, I don't even watch every week, but I just listen to y'all and I know what's going on. So we can still have an intelligent conversation about it when we get around each other. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's definitely good to hear. And as far as like our, our real like back end industry knowledge, I credit, um, Neo and rock with a, with a lot of that. Cause they have a lot of really dope, uh, insider info on things that even I didn't know, uh, about the back end of the business. So a lot of that insider info comes from them, you know what I'm saying specifically. And so I, I definitely got to get them guys props for that shit. Yeah, I can't wait for one of these uh, companies sponsor you guys. That would be a nice. Come on. That would be a nice upgrade. Come on, come on. I'm trying to quit my job. If I can get paid for being on this podcast every week, I'll, let's go. <laughs> I do this shit safely. <laughs> you know? Right. No, I want you guys to thrive. Like, that's literally, like, one of my favorite podcasts in the world. Um, all right, man. So, please, please inform the listeners of some social media plugs that you would like to uh, follow you on. Uh, follow me on both Instagram and Twitter uh, at G1 to the rescue. And that's exactly the way it sounds. G the number one in the words to the rescue. Don't go on there trying to type in G1 and then the number two and it ain't T-H-A and no <laughs> shit like that. No, G the number one, T-O-T-H-E-R-E-S. G1 to the rescue, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, if if you want to follow me on Facebook, uh, you know they don't they can't do nicknames on Facebook. So on Facebook, I'm under my government name, Brennan B J Faulkner. Uh, on Facebook, B R E N N A N space B J space F A U L K N E R. People know who I am. You'll see the logo and you'll see me and my my white Ranger helmet and all that. So so it's only one G1 to the rescue, regardless of what my name may be on the screen. <laughs> so. But yeah, uh, other than that, uh, Instagram and Twitter, G1 to the rescue, um, soundcloud.com forward slash G1 to the rescue. I have some older things and I'll, I'll try to keep that, you know, updated more often. I don't do it as much as I should, but I'll, I'll keep it posted a lot more often. And, uh, and yeah, once again, um, I will leave, uh, V with links to my G1 and friends playlist. So if anybody wants to hear, uh, a variety of production for me. That'll be the best way to do it because uh, everything that I, I produce that's publicly available, I always add to that playlist. Uh, more recently, uh, there's a single by a gentleman from out here by the name of Jay Lex the Kid. Uh, we got a single called Trustworthy about that I produce, and I'm, I'm really proud of that record. And I think he's, you know, he's a young artist. He's only been doing it for a couple of years, but I feel like this is his first real complete song, and I hope he really goes places with this. So, uh, you know, much love to Jay Lex for, for having me uh, having me in and doing that for him. So, uh, yeah, G1 to the rescue, man. Fantastic. Thank you again for taking the time out of your evening. I know you got a Royal Rumble match to go finish watching and maybe some Grammy Grammy things that you gotta, you know, touch base with. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go catch up with that once I, once I get back home, I'll, I'll rewatch the Grammys on Hulu because it's like going on at the same time, and I'll see some of the highlights. Uh, real quick, I think it'll be, I think it'll be very important for me to do this before we go. Um, I want to oh, say, yeah. I, I want to say, um, uh, prayers to the the family and friends of uh Kobe and uh Gianna Maria Bryant uh who unfortunately mm-hmm. lost their lives today uh in a uh, helicopter crash uh, just out just in uh Calabasas California uh over the freeway man so uh you know I, I, I it's it's hard to really question God's plan when stuff like that happens I don't know what that came from or what that entails but we lost an NBA icon and we lost somebody that was on her way uh, to icon status playing basketball. She was uh, she was in high school, but UConn was looking real close, and that's what she wanted to play for. Um, but yeah, man, rest in peace to the, the 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 Black Mamba and his daughter. You know, man, pray for Vanessa Bryant and the remaining uh, three girls that they have. Man, um, I, I could only imagine how they feel right now. So you know, I think that's important to say for sure. 
Yeah, thank you. Thank you for inserting that. Yeah, it's really too bad when not only that a legend unexpectedly, you know, passes away, but, you know, an individual who, you know, we were expecting like a legacy Mm -hmm. um, to pass on to. And it's just, you know, and also just objectively speaking, it just really, you know, it just sucks when you you lose somebody to a freak accident like that. it really is. Have all these plans and then they just get cut off. It's not like one of those things where you live a good life and then once you live that good life, it's like, okay, it's my time now. No, this is just out, up and out of nowhere. Um, so, yeah, prayers to the Bryant family. Uh, rest in paradise, Kobe Bryant and his daughter, you know? My God. Thank you for that. Thank you for of that, course. everyone. Of course, of course. So um, yeah, hug your hug your hug your loved ones very tight, guys. Uh, you never know when that day may happen for anybody who may be close or someone who's yeah. close. I know. Um, well, uh, is it okay if I can come to a closing now? I don't want to. Oh no, no, no. <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's all you. I, I think I've done enough talking. Um, again, uh, for those of you that that are familiar with me and familiar with my work and and who've been fucking with me for, you know, not only the last, uh, you know, almost a year that I've been a part of Matt Mania, but uh, prior to that, just with all the production and guest appearances, uh, I just want to thank y'all. Uh, please continue to support me. Please continue to support Matt Mania. Please continue to, to support the whole um, the whole Arizona hip-hop scene. And, um, you know, to, to add to what Veronica was saying, yeah, definitely, um, you know, hug your loved ones. You know, I got a, I, I got a wife and a a 15-year-old stepdaughter at the crib, and uh, I, I couldn't even imagine, um, you know, losing both of them at the same time and just being in that that sort of mental space, you know, would fuck anybody up, let alone, you know, me. So, um, you know, definitely hold on to your loved ones, man. And, uh, yeah, man, bless up, everybody. I wish you many continued blessings. Everybody keep grinding, follow your dreams. Don't let nobody tell you what you, what you can't do just because they ain't never did it. Do you and the rest will follow. Amen. Yeah. Um, all right. So thanks again for listening to Don't Cast and Drive. This is your host, Ron Tyler to see otherwise sometimes be. And again, my guest, G1 to the rescue. You guys have a wonderful evening. Ooh-wee.